FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. We would like to thank our 2022 FinTech Hunting Sponsors, Encelerate, Equifax, WFG Enterprise Solutions, CoreLogic, BeSmarty, Anomaly Squared, SourcePoint, Total Expert, and Next Level Advisors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. He's an industry thought leader, a content creator extraordinaire. He's an author. He's a podcaster. He's a lending expert. And the list could go on and on. Please help me welcome Alec Hansen, SVP West Division of Loan Depot. Alec, welcome to the show. Oh, Michael, man, it's so fun to watch this podcast continue to do cool stuff. Thanks for having me on again, dude. It's so good to see you. Oh, well, it is great to see you, and I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. The first thing for our listeners, I owe you a big thanks, and I want anyone who's listening to know that there is an incredible video series out there that you created. It's called oh. Good, Better, Best. And for any of you guys who are wondering about, well, what type of lighting should I use for a podcast or video cast? What type of camera? What type of microphone? Alec does this great series of reviewing different product offerings, going good, better, best. Alec, we've never met in person, but you have always helped me, my friend, digitally. Uh, it could be in the middle of the weekend, and I'll be like, hey, I'm looking at a new camera. What should I get? And you've always been very gracious. So first, before we get started... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome, man. I think we're all in this together. So it's fun. It's fun watching everybody improve and, and collaborate. So thanks, man. Absolutely. So we're here. It's the brand new year. It's 2023. Kind of a crazy mortgage market. Uh, we're in a much different place than we were a year ago. <laughs> yes. Give me some of your feedback of kind of where you think the market is now that the dust is settling a little bit. There's still a little anxiety out there. Give me some of your insights. Well, let's start with this. We, we all knew this was coming. So, so nobody's surprised, right? Like this is, I mean, I know that we, we still act surprised, but like, I think for, since the crisis started and since COVID and the rates and, and, and the world kind of blew up, we all knew it was going to end. Um, but, you know, we have goldfish brains in lending, which is good and bad. And so now that it's ended, you know, it's shocked a lot of people and it's car, it's causing a lot of quote, harm throughout the industry because some people have to leave or reinvent themselves. Yeah. Um, and where I've kind of landed on it, it seems like any ten, every 10 to 12 years, the industry has to fully reboot. I, I don't know why that is. And, and it, it always reboots differently. There's always some crisis, um, but we're rebooting. And honestly, the amount of business is going to be done this year, if you take COVID years out, 2020, 2021, throw those away because 2022, so it was still a great year. It just collapsed. I think we're going to have a great year, but our perspectives are so messed up that it's just hard for us to see it and appreciate it. Uh, because again, there are some people out there who are like, well, I should make what I made in 2021. I'm like, you're, no, you're going to make what you're going to make in 2023. It's going to be a new year. So I think that perspective helps. 
Uh, and I think we need to remember that, you know, it, those years were wonderful. They just aren't real, if that makes sense. It does. And I'm so glad you provide that perspective because, I mean, if you look historically and take out a couple of those crazy years, still going to be one of the what top eight top 10 years in origination yeah. volume there's still going to be a couple trillion dollars worth of origination volume so there's going to be a lot of business done. yes yes you know and if people keep that perspective i think it helps and even if you look back at 2008 the, the lenders that yeah. were the leaders in 2008 those aren't the same leaders that are right now and the people that are number one those are the ones that leaned in during the last course correction yeah, I, I like to I like to say it like this, Michael. I, I, the people that have the advantage right now are people brand new to the industry because they have no baggage and no memory of what just happened. And if we can if we could absorb their mindset and attack this market like we were brand new, we would have a lot more success and probably a lot more happiness. I couldn't agree more, and that's a perfect lead in, right? If you say if you were brand new, so. If you're giving advice to somebody that was brand new, if you were building a mortgage company brand new, what are some of the things that you would do? I know you specialize in outreach. You talk about how important it is to be local, but also be online and be present. Give me some of those tips, those strategies, because I think you have great insights to that aspect of the business. Yeah, I think whether you're starting brand new in this industry or you're a veteran, but now you feel like you're starting brand new, there's two really crucial areas to be great in, and that's in brand development, both digitally and physically. And now the physical local part, you know, we kind of get because it's our reputation. And we were kind of if you're old school like me, you were kind of trained in that. You you went out to broker previews and open houses and networking events and all that stuff. And so we understand that local reputation, that brand, that 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 connection point. And, and man, that's more crucial now than ever, especially coming out of the pure digitization that COVID kind of pushed us in. Yep. Being local is a huge advantage if you're taking advantage of it and you're actually in the streets, in the community. You know, I had a loan officer as an anecdote um, tell me he's calling these agents for business and for meetings. And one of the agents said, man, I wish I had loans to give you. I wish I had referrals to give you. And then instead of hanging up, I said, invite them door knocking and take them out in the street with you. And the loan officer was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, go get deals together. Right. Being local and being physical really matters, and you have to have a strategy for it. So let's kind of put that over here for a second. The digital part is equally important, and, and there, you can't do one or the other if you really want to win. You have to do both. And the digital part is how do you surround yourself with an intentional digital community of the people that you want to influence? That's, that's it. Because it's not, it's not about going viral. It's not about putting out content and getting leads in you know, Florida, if you live in California, which maybe if you have licenses, it's fine. But it, are your videos, I make this joke on Twitter because I'm, I'm, I'm very semi-active on Twitter. And, you know, my mom follows me on Twitter. So, you know, my, my outreach is my mom. Like that, I make great videos on Twitter. It's just my mom seeing it. And a lot of people treat social that way. I go look at their profiles and I'm like, well, you have 400 friends on Facebook. You could have 5,000. You have 400. How many of those are your past customers and realtors? And they're like, none. So those guys aren't going to see your videos. They're not going to see your brand. They're not going to see you. You got to be curating your community or your I hate audience makes it look like I'm so special. But just the digital community has to be fostered too. And again, have a strategy, have an intent. Because brick by brick, broker preview by broker preview, video by video, you can build dynamic connection and brand awareness if you want to use the, the buzzy words. 
And that's how you set yourself up for success in this game. Well, I love how you mentioned that being in-person and local is an advantage, but digital is just as critically important and they're not mutually exclusive. What I saw was, you know, the COVID years, COVID hits and everyone's like, all right, I got to do digital. And now the mistake I'm seeing a lot of people make is, well, now that I can meet with people in person, I don't have to do all of those same fundamentals that I was doing digitally. What a mistake. Well, like, think about it this way, Michael. Like in the glory days, if you were a realtor and I wanted to meet you, I had to hunt you down. I had to find you in the street. You know, I'd go to your real estate office, but there's non-solicits. I couldn't walk in there. Or maybe you're not even there. So I try to find you at your open houses, or I try to find you at broker previews, or I try to, or I cold call you. Well, now if if I I guarantee successful realtors on the internet, they're on these social platforms. So now I can go find you on those platforms and start building a digital connection, not being creepy and weird and stocky. But that only improves the chance that when I find you or call you or bump into you, our relationship has now taken another level and it, and it, and it deepens just digitally first. So it's like these, these things are not mutually exclusive, as you said. Yeah, and it does enhance it. I can't tell you how many people I've met with first started the relationship digitally, got to know them, started building up trust, and then you meet them live. And it's, man, it's like you have long lost friend. They trust you. They share information with you. Let's talk about content a little bit because yeah. I, I hear all the time and I know you're, you're a, I, as I said at the preview, you're a content creator extraordinaire. Yes. One of the biggest excuses I hear is people saying, Alec, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what kind of content to create. What is your response to that? Well, let's start at the fundamental level. Normally, excuses are stemming from a deeper place. And we don't have to unpack this, Michael, but it really starts to come down, down to, I don't like what I look like and sound like. I'm insecure about my knowledge. Someone might, I might say something wrong or dumb. Someone might point it out. They might, I might have, a, I might be a fraud. And, and that, that, all those things are there. So yeah. I want to recognize and honor them because, it, you know, as soon as I tell you there's infinite things to say, and as soon as I sit with you and say, give me 10 tips a first-time homebuyer needs to know, and you just bang out, you know, FICO score, down payment, gifts, I'm like, you know everything there is to say. So let's let's acknowledge the root cause of some of the fear here. But then as we unpack what to say, what to say is not always as important as how to say it. Okay. Most Tell people, me what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest trap on social right now is that anybody jumping into it tends to talk about themselves. They don't, they don't re either they haven't been told or they just don't know yet that the importance of social content is to serve somebody else. If you just understand that one thing, then you go, okay, well, if I really want to help first-time homebuyers or I want to help people that are move-up buyers or want to help people at end of life, you know, uh, like retirement slash reverse mortgages or whatever it is, I really want to help that person. I should make content that helps that person, that answers questions they might have, that shares information that, that they need to look out for. And if we just come from a place of service, that, that we're not the star, that we just want to, which is hard because social, everybody is the star. And, you know, like a great example, loan officers jumping into content, post their own Yelp reviews. They post their 10-day close. They post their flyer that said, I got a one-day underwriting approval from, you know, this, this source. I'm like, shut up. You're on, they, the person you're trying to serve doesn't care about that. That's, that's a humble brag at worst. And so it's, it really is about not just what you say, but how you say it and the framework 
the mental space you come to, to, to serve is going to separate those from success and those people who just want to mute you because they're just done. That is such a great insight. And I hope those of you that are listening, go back and take those notes. When you come from a place of service and you're trying to serve and understand who your audience is, right? Trying to serve everybody all the time is not going to get you there. Like you said, localization is important. Specialization. Is it first time home buyers? Is it VA? Is it FHA? Whatever it may be, yeah. If you focus on serving, that's going to have a much greater impact and more people are going to want to engage with that content. Yes, 100%, man. So that, that I think that's the, the basis to get people going is, well, and, and let me share one more thing, Michael, because it's not just you know what you say, but there's a frequency component and there's an understanding of the platforms component. So if, if you're a customer or a realtor and I want a meeting with you and I call you every single day, I have violated your social code. It's not appropriate for me to call you every single day as a realtor and ask for business. At some point, you'd be like, bro, stop calling me. Yeah, exactly. It's too much. But on social, you can put up a video talking about down payment assistance or talking about getting gift funds or talking about tenants in common every single day. Not the same video, but a new video every single day. And it does not oversaturate the platform. It does. It is not considered rude. The audience... It's a, it's a scroll culture. They're just scrolling. Yep. And so what I want people to understand, if you're going to get into the content, because number one, it's you need to, it's crucial, it's, it's paramount. But number two, just because you put a video out doesn't mean everyone sees it or stops or cares. But that doesn't diminish how unbelievably important it is. So here's my example. Again, back to my dumb brain soliciting realtors. I walk into an open house and meet an agent for a first time. They didn't give me a deal. They weren't like, thank God, Alec, you showed up. I've been waiting for you to show up. I have a prequel buyer right here. You know, at best, they kind of ignored me. They kind of said hi, introduced themselves. And I, and I didn't go in there thinking I'd get a deal or a meeting. It was the 17th time I went in there when they actually knew my name now. And I, and I wasn't a threat or an annoyance. And we could have a more of a conversation. And I could say, hey, can I get you a beer sometime? They go, yeah, let's grab some beers. The same is true with content on, on the internet. One video doesn't matter. A hundred starts to matter. Because even if that customer or realtor scrolls by your video, that micro impression that they get of you working, serving, bringing positivity into the world a little bit, that one micro impression times a thousand starts to become brand and connection. And so one video doesn't matter, but man, they, they do in the long run. And that's, that's my biggest encouragement for people. I couldn't agree more. And consistency wins the day, right? It's the week in, week out, month in, month out. The Always. people that, that do a great job with content, it's not because they had the world's one greatest post. Because <laughs> each week they had a post and some people are going to open up to it. Some people are going to love it. I like even how you talked about at the beginning of understanding our fears of getting in front of the camera and doing this. I, I was doing a coaching session last week and the person Michael, I want to grow. I need to generate leads. I said, you got to start doing video. Yep. Boom. Totally shut down. This, this yep. person's like, no, I won't do video. Yep. Well, until they get over that, they're going to get left in the dust. They have to learn to overcome that fear. I, I always joke about it. The first video I did was a handful of years ago. I'd taken maybe one selfie before I did this video. <laughs> I was at a conference event, pull up my camera. I do it. I had AirPods in. Yep. And I bet it took maybe five or eight seconds. A good buddy of mine in the industry instantly fires off. Hey, those are great earrings you're wearing, Hammond. I love the video. And I'm like, are you kidding? 
And what I've learned over the years is you're going to attract people that are like-minded, that want that content. And the other people that don't, they just keep scrolling. Who cares? Move on. Oh, it's, it's, so I always start this way. Have you ever worked with a client that just, you didn't mesh well and it was a terrible experience and people go, oh yeah, Uh, I've had those nightmare clients. I go, okay, have you ever worked with clients that were a delight, that appreciated your service, that didn't grind you down on your commission, that were just thoughtful, kind, great clients. Like, oh yeah. Okay. So what if you could attract more of those? And what if you could alienate the people and push away the ones that are a nightmare? That's what content strategy does. Because the people that respect your time and value and input and and start to engage or or consume your content on a regular basis, they're the ones that are going to come to you and be the great A plus client. The person who doesn't like you, who thinks that you're full of snake oil or whatever you're doing, they just self-select out. And people think that's bad. I'm like, that's wonderful. Get them away. You don't want them in your life. Right. I mean, they've self-identified that you're not a good fit and move on. I I absolutely love that. One other thing that I know you've mentioned in a bunch of videos, and I'd love to get some of your insight and have our listeners hear this. I think sometimes people just depend on like a drip campaign after they've closed a deal or whatever. And I know (laughs) you get fired up about drip campaigns. So I kind of wanted to hear your insight and why you say, don't just put all this stuff on autopilot. Don't just do a damn drip campaign. There's got to be true and meaningful engagement. You know, this is the I, this is the hypocrisy of our industry a little bit, and and what I mean by that is most in market mortgage professionals claim that they are relational. I am a relationship driven person, and I'm like, I love that. I'm, I ask deep questions. I want to know the people. I want to know their family. I want to I want to provide the best financial advice. I'm not just trying to get a lock and a close and slam a deal. I go, I love that, but after the uh, transaction after the close, that whole relationship part, just you just throw it in the trash. So you lying because that relationship part means that you're intentional with people, that you treat them with respect. Sending somebody spam is the death, is the, is the, <laughs> and it's the opposite. Yep. So we just have that hypocrisy. So I, I get, I get mad and I call it out. I'm like, stop it. It's garbage. It's not authentic. It's not, it's not relational. What's relational is saying, Michael, I just found you on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I just sent you some a request. I'd love to stay connected with you on social. And then every day on social, I get in there. And when I see you do cool shit, I'm like, hey, that was rad. I'm in your corner. When you, have, when you, when you put up a charity that you're passionate about, I throw a few bucks that way. When you, when you post a picture of your kids scoring their first soccer goal, I'm cheering in the comments. That's relational because that takes time. And it actually means I want to know and I'm, I care. So stop with the drip garbage and actually, you know, put your actions where you say they are and get in the game in the real relationship. Well, let's dive a little bit deeper because I think one of the other mistakes a lot of people make is they think they can start posting and they're going to be successful. And I always say there's three main pillars if you want to be successful foundationally on social. One, you've got to continue to build your network, right? Yep. I mean, if you and I do the same post and you have 50,000 followers and I have one, your post has instantly more credibility than mine. Period. Posting is important and you got to have content. I love how you talked about how critical it is to add value and be others focused instead of just inwardly focused on herself. And then the third, and this is the area that I see so many, especially mortgage executives fail at miserably, is engagement. They don't engage in anyone else's content. 
they they don't interact. They don't they don't say, "Hey, Alec, I love that video." And when you did the video on good, better, best on lighting, this is what really had an impact. Then you know I watched the thing. That so talk to me about engagement and why so many people, especially in the industry, don't take the time or don't really care about actual engagement. It, it's a it's a deeper issue. So let's just go with this one, right? For anybody out there listening, when was the last time you called your mom and took her to lunch? And everyone goes, damn. You know, because, <laughs> you know, right? So so the intentionality behind to make social really powerful, it's all through intentionality and real connection. There's just, these platforms give you unbelievable access, unbelievable access to people. And they're sharing what's going on in their life and, and you get to participate in that if you choose to have some intention and get in the game with them. And so engaging with other people's content is a, is, a, is a way to give somebody a hug and a high five. It's a way to tell them that you see them and care about them and think about them. It's a way to exchange ideas and collaborate. And, and yet, going back to my first comment, most people use social just to talk about themselves. I get it. And that's also why people think to- social is toxic. I get it too. But that's not social. That's just people. Exactly. And that's the the distribution channel they're using. It can be either done for good and highly engaging and actually serve others, or it can be just for their own purposes. And that's the toxicity that is there. So so you got the choice. You got the choice every day to to open up these platforms and serve others and engage with other people and let them know you see them and hear them and love them. Or you have a choice to ignore it, focus on your own self, post videos about how great you are uh, and not call your mom. (laughs) Alec, you have a wealth of knowledge and expertise. I am so glad you're able to join us. If people want to find out more, if they want to find, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Google. All right. But but I I say that like tongue in cheek, Mike, because like in the old days, what would you pass out business cards? You know, like, you know, here's all my stuff. Like, think about it this way. If, If you're trying to solicit customers or build brand or whatever, and you're not on all these social platforms and they prefer to send direct messages over Instagram, but you don't have one and you're not engaged there and you don't know what's going on. Then that customer has to f- track you down in a way that's not comfortable for them. You need to be ubiquitous so that everyone can find you no matter where you are. And the best way to do that is to take over the front page of Google with your name and your content. And so that if someone wants to find Alec Hansen, they Google Alec Hansen and they're going to find there's 17 different ways to contact me immediately if they need anything. And so I say it as tongue in cheek because I want that for an originator to go, oh, yeah, that I, I need to. And that's the other secondary benefit of content is you do take over, take over the first page of Google when someone looks you up and you become exactly. accessible to everybody. Alec, I can't thank you enough, my friend. Thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. That was perfect. Anomaly Squared Call Center Outsourcing Services. Our well-trained agents handle mortgage industry inbound calls and outbound leads, proven to help you reach and close more borrowers by utilizing a live transfer process. Learn how we can help at AnomalySquared.com. Tired of logging into different systems to check your loan pipeline? Ready to update your processes to meet today's digital borrowers? 
Now you can with BeSmarty's all-in-one mortgage technology solution. Save yourself time and money and wow your borrowers. Find out how at BeSmarty.com. What does instant mean to you when it comes to income and employment verification? With the demand for loans increasingly being met with a competitive edge, lenders should turn towards automation. A key way lenders can move digital is by leveraging instant income and the employment data from the work number, which helps them keep pace in an era where every day brings new challenges. To learn more, visit theworknumber.com. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Incelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com.